This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Building a Better Future. In these lessons, Pastor Rick shares how we can build a foundation for a better future by following the examples of leaders in the Bible who followed God's calling to rebuild after a time of captivity. Now in just a few moments, we're going to tell you how you can get a copy of the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal, a great resource that will help you tap into God's power and presence as you discover the keys to praying with passion and purpose. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called, How to Earn the Respect of Others. Today, we're gonna talk about respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. One of your deepest desires and one of your deepest needs is the need to feel respected. Everybody needs to feel appreciated. You need to feel valued. You need to feel esteemed. It's essential to your emotional and spiritual health. There's nothing wrong with you having a desire to be respected. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse one, God says this, being respected is more important than having great wealth. Being respected is more important than having great wealth. But being respected doesn't come automatically. Respect is something we earn. We earn it by the way we talk and the way we act toward others. So today, I want us to look at how to earn the respect of others. Uh, Now, today, we're going to use Nehemiah's life as a model for earning respect. And this week, we're going to be in chapter five. But before we do, I wanna remind you, last week when we were in chapter four and we were dealing with uh, how what to do when you feel like giving up. And the first point I made is you gotta make sure you're physically strong and physically rested because fatigue makes cowards of all of us. Somebody after the service, a woman gave me this t-shirt that says, based on Mark 4, 38, Jesus took naps, be like Jesus. (laughs) So I'm just giving you the biblical uh, uh, command to take a nap this afternoon or whenever. Now, up to this point in Nehemiah's story, all the opposition to rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem was external, came from people outside. But now in chapter five, Nehemiah has to deal with conflict on the inside, among his own people. This is something you're gonna have to deal with in your life, in building a better future. Conflict is inevitable because none of us are perfect. Now, one of the ways you earn the respect of others is by the way you handle conflict. And anytime there's a disagreement about anything, just be aware that people are watching you to see how you react to conflict. In Nehemiah chapter five, we see four common causes of conflict, and then we see how Nehemiah handled it. And we're gonna learn five important principles, five ways to earn the respect of others. If you're a parent, I hope you'll take notes on this and teach these things to your kids. Now, in the first verse of Nehemiah chapter five, we learn of the conflict. Uh, And in the verses that follow, we learn the causes. Nehemiah five, verse one, there on your outline says this. About this time, 
some of the people, both men and their wives, began to complain loudly against their Jewish brothers. Okay? There's a little conflict going on. They began to complain loudly. And they're not complaining about the enemy outside. They're complaining about the people inside Jerusalem. You know, anytime you've got two or more people together for any length of time, conflict's going to happen. But it's even more likely to happen when people are under stress. And in this case, there's a lot of stress going on. The people are trying to quickly rebuild the wall around Jerusalem to protect themselves. And since enemies are attacking them, they're in a hurry to get the project done. But since they're spending all their time working on the wall, nobody has any time to cultivate their fields and their farms and their vegetables. And then on top of that, because of a severe drought, there were crop failures and there was a severe food shortage, a famine in the land. Now, in verses 2 to 5, it shows us four common causes of conflict that I just want to mention. And why do I want to mention them? Because identifying the cause is always the first step to finding a solution. And in your life, you're going to see each of these causes causing conflict in your life, in our times, in our culture. Here they are. Just going to mention them. Number one, conflict happens. First cause of conflict is when any basic need goes unmet. Anytime any basic need in your life or others' lives goes unmet, there's going to be conflict. Whether at school or at work or at church or at home, an unmet need is often the root of conflict. In a marriage, in a friendship, in a classroom, in an office, the need can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be relational, it can be sexual, it can be financial, or any other area. Now, in Nehemiah's case, it was physical. People were hungry. There were too many mouths to feed and not enough food during this famine. Verse 2 says this, some said, talking about the other Jews, we all have large families and we need more grain just to eat to stay alive. All right? So their needs weren't being met. They get upset. They get cranky. You get cranky when you don't have enough to eat. Second cause of conflict is not just when we don't have our needs met, but when we feel we're falling behind. Instead of feeling like you're making progress, when you feel like you're going in reverse, that causes you to get cranky. It causes conflict when we feel like we're falling behind. In Nehemiah's case, people were going deeper and deeper in debt during this famine. Because with goods in short supply, prices were inflated. And in verse 3, it says this, Others said, we have had to sell our fields and our vineyards and sell our houses just to keep from starving during this famine. Do you get this? They're selling all their hard assets just for food. They're going backwards. They're going deeper and deeper in debt. Third cause of conflict, when leaders are insensitive to our pain. In other words, when people who have the power to do something about the problem we're we're facing and they don't do anything uh, or they're apathetic, they make matters worse uh, through indifference. We're seeing this in verse 4. It says, others have said, we've had to borrow money just to pay the king's taxes. They're going, you know, what gives here? We're having to sell our, 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 our assets just to eat. Now, the fourth cause of conflict is in the next verse, and it's when we feel powerless to change our situation. When we feel powerless to change our situation. When you see other people thriving around you, and you're just barely surviving, 
They're thriving, you're surviving, that's frustrating. And it is frustrating that it, in bad times, it is possible for other people to thrive where you're not even barely surviving. It's possible for rich people to get richer while others are being laid off. Now, you know, this happened during COVID. Did you know, I read uh, just yesterday that Forbes magazine reported that during the pandemic, listen to this, during the pandemic, America's 722 billionaires, that's how many there are in America, 722 billionaires became $1.2 trillion richer during COVID. 722 families became $1.2 trillion richer. Well, I understand why people who lost their job would be upset about that. Now in Nehemiah's time, people were so devastated by a famine that they couldn't control that parents were actually forced to place their kids in slave labor, to sell their kids into slave labor because they couldn't feed them just to keep the family from starving to death. And these poor people resented the fact that wealthy landowners were exploiting the misfortunes of the poor to buy up slaves and to buy up all this cheap land because people had to have food. Verse five says this, although we are the same flesh and blood as our wealthier countrymen, and though our children are just as good as theirs, we're having to sell our children into slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we're, notice this, you might circle it, we're powerless to do anything about it because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. We've already had to sell them. Now we're having to sell off our family. Now, of these four that I just mentioned quickly, all four of these causes in Nehemiah's time are still true today. Conflict happens when our needs are unmet. Conflict happens when we feel we're falling behind. Conflict happens when others seem insensitive or unsympathetic to our pain. We go, what gives? You could help me and you're not. That causes unrest. And conflict happens when we feel powerless to change things. And you know a lot of people feel that way in our country and in other countries all around the world. Now to get anything done in that kind of a climate requires people like Nehemiah, people who could be trusted. And Nehemiah could be trusted because he was respected by so many people. So why do I want us to look at God's word about this today? Because God wants you to work on earning the respect of others. Let me say it again. God wants you to work on earning the respect of others. Why? It makes life easier. People will listen to your ideas. People will trust you more when you're respected. You'll have better relationships. And because you're a better witness for Jesus, if you're respected. This brings us to the important question, how? How can I earn the respect of others? Well, in Nehemiah chapter five, his example as a leader shows us five ways in verses six to 13. And everybody listening to my voice right now can learn to do all five of these ways to earn the respect of others. All right, you might write these down. Number one, to earn the respect of others, I must empathize with the feelings of others. I must empathize with the feelings of others. You know, if you respect the feelings of other people, 
they're going to respect you. What you sow, you will reap. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you want people to respect you, you must respect their feelings. Now, this is especially true when people are hurting or when people are grieving or when people feel there's been an injustice against them or when people are fearful or when people are upset. People want to know that you understand their pain. You understand what they're going through. You've heard me say this many times. People don't care what you know until they first know that you care. They want to know that you care first. They want to feel understood first. Before you come up with any solution, they want to know that you're hearing them. By the way, you don't have to agree with somebody's conclusion to sympathize with their emotion. When you see people out there in a street or in a protest or anything like that, you, you might not agree, agree with their conclusions, but you, you can still sympathize with their emotion and understand why they're doing what they're doing. This is the first thing that Nehemiah did right when he was faced with conflict. He empathized with the feeling of the people who were complaining and, and, and criticizing and having conflict. In verse six, it says this, Nehemiah said, when I heard their complaints, those four complaints that we just went over, and I heard their charges, I was very angry. Circle the word very. Nehemiah didn't say, well, I was angry. He says, I was very angry. I was ticked off. I was furious. I was put out. I blew a gasket. What's he doing here? He's mirroring their mood. He's validating their feelings by feeling them too. When somebody says, I'm fearful, you shouldn't say, well, don't be afraid. Try to feel that with it. When somebody says, I'm angry, try to feel it. Don't say, well, don't be angry. You're, you're minimizing their feelings. Feelings are just feelings. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Now, if you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be back to close out our time today. But first, if you want to make your time in prayer the best it can be, then you're going to want to get a copy of the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. This year's theme Connecting with Jesus, the source of living water, will help you tap into God's power and presence as you discover the keys to praying with passion and purpose. This hardcover journal features a soft-touch cover and 235 beautifully designed pages filled with inspiring Bible verses, photos, and artwork. It's a spiritual growth tool designed to help you enjoy a vibrant prayer life connect with the Lord, and establish a consistent daily prayer time. As you use this journal, you'll be amazed at how faithful God is to answer your prayers. You'll be reminded every day how much God loves you and wants to be part of your life. When you give a gift to help Daily Hope reach people around the world with the hope of Jesus, we'll send you the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal to say thanks. Quantities are limited, so act now. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004.
That's the word daily to 800-600-5004. And thanks so very much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. You know, I love hearing from people who are growing closer to God through our Daily Hope broadcasts and, and emails. And it really encourages me when I hear your story. So please send them to me. You know, here's one that I got recently from Suzanne that I think is going to encourage you too. Suzanne wrote, I've been listening to Daily Hope for over a year. And I get so much out of it. Sometimes it seems as though you're speaking directly to me. Well, I am, Suzanne. (laughs) Somehow, she says, I started listening to your Daily Hope messages, and I feel that God made that happen because for the first time in my life, I'm understanding the teaching of Jesus, and I feel so alive. My eyes are open, and I look forward to each day. I haven't had a boring life, but I was always missing something that I just never could find. Suzanne writes, you know, I was incarcerated as a teen and I was married and I had a baby at 18 and that marriage was terribly abusive. And even at the lowest points in my life, I somehow had an optimism that somehow it would get better. And I now know that God was with me even though I didn't recognize it at the time. So thank you, Pastor Rick, for spreading the word of good hope. You know, Suzanne, I want to thank you so much for writing what you just wrote. And I'm so glad Daily Hope is helping you understand the Bible and God is speaking to you through his word. My friends, this story is what Daily Hope exists for. It's why we exist. We want to share the hope of God's word with people just like Suzanne. So I want to say to all of you, thank you so much. Those of you who generously support Daily Hope, so that people like Suzanne can discover God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy. If you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, please feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.